Welcome to episode two. With me again is Josh Lundberg, uh, a good friend of mine who, um, I, you know, from episode one is interested in movies and video games and, and yeah, we just have a good chat and who else has a really good perspective on a lot of kind of angles of that all rather than just being like, oh, I like video games more to the way I am. He's a little bit more, I like video games and I think video games are good because name a thousand reasons that I can't bring up. Uh, today we talk about, well, I mean, to be honest, we really talk about the Switch, but mostly we're talking about portable gaming as a whole and a little bit about how portable gaming has gone from uh, just this thing that only is portable to actually becoming a hybrid between portable and actual at-home console gaming. We dive in very deeply about that because we both really love the Switch, of course, um, which we're totally biased about. Uh, but it ends up being a really kind of... We try to balance it out and we try not to pay out other machines, but it ends up being a pretty good retrospective on a lot of uh, the way that gaming has become portable in general and then what, what that means to us. So anyway, just sit back and enjoy. And uh, yeah, here it is coinage in the coinage this is really the time to like, like oh man i gotta be I'm like no, if i don't take it out of my, if i take it out of my wallet then i'll do it. i'm super late right now like we gotta really rush through this oh by the way uh it goes under the dilophosaurus so on the, the what the dilophosaurus that's a legit universal jurassic park original man really uh-huh it's a it's a, it's a cup top that's pretty cute yeah, it was like, you know, when you bought the cup and there was like a thing on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the thing Back on in the top. day when they actually gave a shit about children's <laughs> toys. Remember, remember Happy Meals? That They used to be so much better. They were better, but if you lived in the US, they were actual toy brands. So when we were living in the US, Micro Machines partnered with them and Matchbox partnered with them. So it wasn't just like some little toy that was made somewhere. It was like a Micro Machine. Yeah. And, uh, like it was, it was crazy. Totally different. I wonder what changed. Seriously, it's to do with grades of plastic that are available and the price of oil and stuff like that. So, like, if you go to the shops at the moment and you have a look at like the current Star Wars toys or the current run of micro machines, mm -hmm. they look awful. Oh, really? Yeah, you could see like. Um, I'll show you some micro machines later. I have some of mine and Tim's just up there, actually. How long have you known Tim for? Uh, we were enemies in Year Seven. Nice. And then we became friends in Year Eight. Yeah, I don't know. Neither of us had a had a problem with like buying toys at that age and stuff like that. Still, but it was a, all that sort of toy bonding was over Star Wars. Like there was we didn't really talk about other toys or anything. But I borrowed in two thousand five his uh, micro machines, his Star Wars micro machines, and um, and fell in love there. And he no 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 <laughs> no. I've just I have I have them up in like a a little container just up there. Cause every so often he like he's like, dude, where are my mic? You like those things are like really important, and I'm like, yeah, that's why I keep them like literally within viewing range. <laughs> I always have them nearby inside a little case. Yeah, the person um, you date will be like, why well, do you always have to hug this box. Why is it in bed with us? Because it's because he was living internationally and interstate and all that kind of stuff, and not where his like kids 
stuff is, which is back at his parents' house. So, like, he's been moving around and all that kind of stuff. So when he comes back through Sydney and can grab them, Mm -hmm. he'll grab them. Anyway, when you look at them, they're just gorgeous compared to the ones that are now, like, the paint jobs on them are phenomenal. They're absolutely beautiful. The Millennium. Have you seen the paint jobs on the newer ones are phenomenal? No, awful, oh. awful. Very, the and this plastic is a totally different grade of plastic. Most companies have changed the type of plastic they use. The, one of the few outliers is Lego, who have a... Uh, a Stranglehold on the market. They only... They wonder if they have some kind of mafia. <laughs> they, no, well, it was a, they make it all themselves, so... Um, they make the, their own plastic. They make their own plastic in... Uh, of course they do. In Denmark. So, yeah. except now I've been seeing a lot of Lego about like fake Lego, like that almost exactly to spec. Ah, uh, there, there's a bunch of stuff like that, but again, it just comes down to like the the, like, the you'll always know, like oh, yeah. it, it's <laughs> the ultimate test is standing on them. I was uh, literally going to say that. <laughs> that was my thing. If if your body gives in first, it's Lego. <laughs> uh, if, if anyway, let's do a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, well. Thank you, Josh. We are starting. Um, we're talking basically about the way that video game media has been changed from when it wasn't possible to have a AAA title on the go, wherever you are, and how that's affected the way that both of us have chosen to, to play video games. I mean, we're talking about the Switch here. Let's not be coy. Because, I mean, t- like, the Vita was a flop. Such a nice piece of hardware. Oh, right? The PSP felt like it was... It was close. I guess we can sort of like, it depends how you want to structure talking about it. But Well, no, let's do it this way. I like this idea of, let's go, let's talk about the point where we started seeing advertising saying, this is just as powerful as XYZ. But what was your first portable thing? Like? I mean, that was probably a Game Boy. You and had an actually, original no, that's Game a, Boy? Uh, yeah, I had an original. Wow. And also, um, another thing to consider there is that uh, the Game Boy, obviously, it was a, a league of its own, just like the DS is. But, you know, the, the was it the Game Boy Color? Or, like, there was a certain, the one with the Game Boy Advanced, mm-hmm. which you could kind of adapt Super Nintendo games. So there was something where you could plug your game into a Super Nintendo. There was, like, a uh, connection so there. So Ga- Game Boy had a, a... Super Nintendo had a Game Boy adapter. Mm-hmm. By the way, a lot of this information, not like we're not looking at a screen or anything, or I'm not looking at a screen or anything. Yeah, but, I am. But um, well, you're looking at, like, a sound screen. But, um, <clears throat> but I'm not looking at a screen referring to this. A lot of the info that uh, I know about the early type of stuff with this uh, really comes from an amazing YouTube channel, um, the Gaming Historian, mm-hmm. um, was, or well, or I knew it, and but he does these great refresher videos that he releases all the time. He's yeah. so 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 good. He's doing a lot on Facebook now. He just seems like a nice dude, but on top of that, like just the most like beautifully researched and presented uh, stuff. And he's like us. Yeah, <laughs> well, and and he started adding like illustrations and small animations and Hell stuff yeah. to it now, and it's really good production values. But it's his information from the get go. Like when you look at his first videos, which are like, you know, two thousand six, two thousand seven. Like, mm-hmm. hey guys, I'm in my thing. Like he doesn't sound like that at all. But like in terms of like to give you an idea of what it feels like, it's like that difference. Yeah, and it's like not properly exposed and just some camcorder on auto or webcam or something like it's it's like that. But what he's saying and what he's talking about is just he's so incredibly knowledgeable. So um, with the uh, game 
the Game Boy, the Super Nintendo had a Game Boy adapter, so you could play the games on a screen. Mm. Um, I think there was only like one or two games that didn't work. And that's, but for me, that I mean, I know that the Game Boy games there weren't as advanced as the Super Nintendo games, but that felt like it was coming close. I felt like there was a little bit of a crossover at that period of time with those two consoles. Uh, how, how or wise we're talking? No. No? No the, one the, the original Game Boy, like, I mean, that came out in like 1988 or something. Mm. Like, um, no, the, the original Game Boy was very, very, um, it was weak even against its, uh, the other handhelds that were available at the time. All right. Um, it, I believe it was actually the weakest uh, of the major handhelds. It was just cheaper and all the. That's it. Yeah. It was cheaper and it had Tetris, mm. and um, and but it put that portability into people's minds. But the other thing that Nintendo understood was that from the get go, Nintendo's always understood matching software with hardware, mm-hmm. and so that I think is sort of the key difference between them and what everyone else was doing. Also, the battery life was like way longer. Um, if you, I don't know if you've ever played like a from game fifteen year. minutes to twenty five minutes. <laughs> I was thinking, I think it was like no, it was, it seven was, hours. Eight yeah, hours yeah, or something. Yeah, and it just got better. But the thing that's so interesting is like even as they changed, they did Game Boy Color, and they did you know they went up to Game Boy Color basically before they changed it over to Game Boy Advance. To Game Boy Advance, and the thing that is so interesting about that is that the actual underlying technology, what you're looking at there, is pretty much from like the mid to late eighties until the early two thousands. That's how long Game Boy, even though they switched to Game Boy Color, the under the hood, it was just uh, the same stuff. Mm. Uh, it was just a new screen. And they could do color, actually, when the original... But could you play Game Boy Color games on a normal Game Boy? I couldn't remember. Uh, I think they were just in black and white. I think yeah. they may have had something that there was a bit depth problem, but I don't... I can't remember. Yeah. But I, like, some of the Game Boy games would play on a Game Boy Color with, like two-tone color or something yeah like green and that. black or something like that so i do remember that there was that opposite you know when you yeah. took an old game boy game and threw it into a color yeah that was that was a bit of fun okay well let's skip ahead there because we've obviously got that we don't want to just talk about the whole history of a portable game no no yeah. uh, we, we're more focusing more sp- like on that idea of when portable gaming started to uh, supersede or match console gaming obviously pc is now like i'm never going to talk about it because it's always topping I, look, the first like genuine attempt, I think, again, it comes back to that thing of that Nintendo didn't seem to ever really try to do that until it felt appropriate. And so I think the PSP is really the first time. And and that was the failure in the Western market. That was kind of the failure of it is that all the publishers and developers, I think the pressure seemed to come from the publishers, but a lot of the developers... We're making games that were like trying to be PlayStation Two games mm-hmm. in your hand. Yeah, but there was it like wasn't a, quite there. It was you could smash no. PlayStation One games. Oh, they looked amazing on it. Yeah, because the the high pixel density, right? Like that piece of hardware was just absolutely incredible. But then you were just playing these games that felt like they should be on a PlayStation home console. Oh yeah, like I remember playing good. it and like what was there was one really good game. Oh, it was um, Metal Gear Solid. Oh, God, the one that went on the portable thing. Peace Walker. And that was really good. And my it was favorite like... favorite Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, there you go. And it was fun. It was like, but my wrists... Yeah. Holy shit, I played it for so long that like, it's been a while since I was just like cramped. Like, you clawed it. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't pick freaking cups up after uh, a while. So I had three PSPs and I played them to death. The first one I got, I like went to JB Hi-Fi and bought it and the guy I knew did me an okay deal and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was so, so, so excited. And then about a year later, something happened with that. I cracked the screen when I was on a trip to Byron Bay and some sand got in. I tried to repair it and all this kind of stuff and blah, blah, blah. All, all quite boring. And then I bought a Japanese one off of a guy from work who had a day one Japanese one. So I, like I remember that. I bought that one. And then uh, I played that one until it was dead. And then I bought one of the 3,000 ones um, all right, somewhere can, around in here. To cut you off here. Looking at PlayStation 2 versus uh, PlayStation Portable, uh, we have PlayStation 2 had a 300 megahertz CPU. PlayStation Portable had 333. Yeah. The Portable had 32 or 64 megabytes of RAM. And the PlayStation 2 had 32 megabytes of RAM. And it looks like it four megabytes of, of like video RAM that was separate. So it's interesting to think that like the portable spec wise was in fact the PlayStation 2. Even And that's kind of the era where it came out. I'm not saying just thing that... It was the, in the ballpark. It wasn't implemented correctly. Like there was clearly problems with that because I remember trying to play, you know, PlayStation 2 games on the, the PSP and it just, it never worked. Bar maybe Burnout. That Burnout was looks good, amazing. But it wasn't as good as a PlayStation 2 version. No, but they'd like adapted their best game. You know, it was essentially like it was a three. It was called Burnout Legends. It was like meant to be a compilation game, but it was actually just Burnout Takedown. Yeah, I'll look this up. You keep going. Do you know what's funny? I just the other day watched Digital Foundry's um, E3 press conference about the PSP, and um, I don't remember what there was some there was some big technical specification that separated the PS2 from the PSP. Um, I think it was to do with like fill rates, like as how many polygons it can draw, how quickly kind of thing. So aside just from raw, like this is how fast the CPU, it's like how quickly can that CPU actually turn things into imagery and stuff like that yeah yeah and also um, you've got to remember that these a lot of the ps2 games are made for ps2 when you're putting oh, yeah. over from ps2 to, to like another system it's there's always going to be some uh what's the word the, the clogging up the system in some way unless you completely rebuild the game that i mean that's really system. what they were doing really they weren't like when they were making psp games they were really doing psp games in like engines that were working for PSP. Yeah. But the most successful ones, like you like were really full on amazing efforts. Like the two God of War games on PSP are oh, yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh Peace Walker is amazing. And all of those things have one thing in common. They thought about the platform that they were on. Yeah. They didn't go, Oh my god, Transformers movie is coming out. We need to have a Transformers game for everything. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't like that. The Siphon Filter game was amazing. I loved the uh, two Siphon Filter games that are on, um, it was like Dark Mirror or Shadow Mirror or something, I can't remember. Um, but they were really, really, really good. And one of the ones I played tons was um, Virtua Tennis. Oh, I remember you telling me about that, I think. It was Maybe just a I great, just like, you watch up and play. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, in terms of like that home console feel, um, it couldn't do it. I mean, it mm-hmm. didn't have two analog sticks. It didn't yeah, have a what, lot of what things. Yeah, what an oversight. That, and it took it, it took the DS in its final iteration to actually like the 3DS's 
iteration to actually bring a second damn freaking stick in there. It's, it's it's that's been a norm and that's been a normal way of playing video games for a decade or more. It has to I'm sure it has something to do with just like the miniaturization of technology and then how developers implement that. So it's like when you introduce something later in a console's like technology cycle, mm-hmm. then you have to if it's there from the get-go, developers are probably going to jump on board with it. If it comes later on, developers are going to go, yeah, but who's who else is jumping on board with this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, Nintendo, of course, always jumps on board with their own yeah, of course. tech update. Yeah, yeah. Sony does Except the same. for the Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unless you played Star Fox. And, um, yeah, so I think it's... it's you, you sort of have this thing where um, introducing a second analog stick, like, just wouldn't have been worth it for Sony because the bulk of the popularity of that console was in Japan and they were playing games that were based around the platform, like yeah. Monster Hunter and stuff like that. So it was popular because of that. But it just it didn't hold a candle to the DS, which like was... Which what you were saying before about the Game Boy being a shittier system, the DS itself was a much... Like it didn't have as much power. I will look it up right now, but the oh, DS didn't huge, have as much power. Huge margin. And it was, I mean... I remember playing it. I played it like mad compared to the PSP Portable. I remember playing a DS before it came out when I worked at Games Wizards and we had the demo one. And Mm. I was like, yeah, this is interesting, but whatever. Because I was in that zone I've talked to you about before where I was like, I didn't like Nintendo then. I didn't like playing non-serious games. Games are serious, man. All right, let's let's interrupt you here. All right, CPU processor. All it says is two ARM architecture processors. Which, I don't know what that means, but to give you a perspective uh, on RAM, this uh, this device came out in 2004, so it's a year after the PSP Portable, and it had a whopping 4 megabytes of RAM. We're talking about a year after the PlayStation, and still, what is that? I can't do math. That's I'm, like I'm sure someone at Nintendo would say, yeah, as much as it needed. Yeah, that's right. And and it obviously, like, way oversold. Also, talk about backwards compatibility. That was a very clever effort on, like, they knew that they could pull all the advanced people across. Mm-hmm. Again, they were just very clever about what they were going to put on it. And the other thing is when Nintendo make revisions to their handhelds, um, they're usually fairly meaningful. They were at that stage. Like, the difference between the Game Boy Advance and the Game Boy Advance SP was just enormous. And really listening to what customers were saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, now there's less because they can go out the gate with something that's quite powerful to begin with, right? Well, this is just to, to cut you off there. This is a, a good transition into the next stage. So, we talk about the PSP Portable spec-wise, almost matching a PlayStation 2, not quite hitting it for the the, the customers. Uh, obviously, the Japanese market was massive for the PlayStation Portable, but if we're talking about global domination of a machine, it certainly didn't cut it. And it was, according to the, the way the hardware, you know, the specs of the hardware, it could have done something similar to the PlayStation 2, which was what the console was going on at the time. We take the next step, which is obviously DS, uh, which isn't... A comparison to what would what would have been the the console version of the DS at the time, like the, the actual, DS was at the same time as the GameCube. GameCube, well, yeah, that's obviously way. There was no comparison between those two. No, I mean considering, uh, of course, there wasn't. Jesus, no, but yeah. uh, like you just have to bear in mind that the GameCube was uh, woefully underappreciated in terms of uh, 
technical specs. It was very, very powerful. Um, but uh, no, it was it was always sort of like a couple of generations behind. Like Game Boy Advance was like a Super Nintendo Plus. Uh, the DS was like an N64 Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the 3DS was a Wii kind of. Okay. Um, and then after the 3DS, like... Well, that's probably the closest thing to the next step when it comes to matching a console up with its machine. I mean, the 3DS obviously wasn't uh, wasn't the Wii, but it started to get pretty close. There was that Smash Brothers jump, wasn't it? That was the Wii U, was it? The There was a Smash Brothers on the 3DS yeah, the that was time. also... But the art style was very different. To me, the things that were really outstanding on the 3DS were Mario Kart 7, uh, which yes. looked very close to the Wii version mm-hmm. and uh, Super Mario Land, uh, 3D Land, which looked very close to um, uh, the style that you see in parts of the Wii U one, but also mostly uh, like in Galaxy. It looked quite quite similar to that. Um, not as good, but mm-hmm. like it, it still had incredible presentation and the Pokemon games and all that stuff were were really quite up there in terms of what what that handheld was doing. To me, it became quite clear what they were going to do around 2013. So the Wii U was announced in 2012. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sold on that. That's why I ended up buying one secondhand later. But I had my 3DS, which I only bought it really as a piece of curiosity. I was an early adopter. I'm, I'm a Nintendo 3DS ambassador. <laughs> um, may as well be. You freaking went hard with that machine. I yeah, I played it like crazy, which was funny for someone who like at that time I was not a Nintendo fanboy. I did not play Nintendo. I wasn't into it, all that kind of stuff. But I was like, oh, you know what? They apparently at some point they're going to release some Ocarina of Time, so I'm going to get this console and try mm-hmm. it out. Plus, I knew there was an Ace Combat coming, and I'm a sucker for Ace Combat. And um, yeah, I got it, and I played Ghost Recon, which is f- phenomenal. It's yeah. a brilliant, brilliant game. If you haven't played that on 3DS, play it. Um, but that for me was a bit of... I remember tossing up between the 3DS and the Wii. I feel like when the 3DS came out, like you said, a little bit of a jump. When the 3DS came out, it kind of felt like, why am I playing the Wii anymore? I'm getting a lot of the you games. still playing a Wii in 2012? I don't even remember if that was the exact year I stopped playing it. I remember I never adopted the Wii U. So I kind of just... I've always just had a Wii and then I've just jumped straight to the Switch. Yeah. So I didn't. I missed a big market there. So if I did play anything no, Nintendo, you didn't, you didn't miss a big market at all. No, <laughs> true. <laughs> totally, totally. So happy I avoided that. It. Um, uh, sorry, 2011 actually was the 3ds. But that was like a bit of a console that started to bridge the gap between the console world. It, I feel like in, in Nintendo land, it was a clear effort. Mm-hmm. Now you have to put into context that like. I think they made a $500 million loss in the quarter after they released the 3DS. It was so overpriced and no one bought it. Oh, really? And they were like, this is it, man. This is it. No one's buying any more handhelds. Like, why would you release a handheld in the mobile gaming market days and blah, blah, blah? Like, who would have a dedicated device? You know, two or three years later, it's kind of like, turns out lots of people want to get a gaming device. Yeah. I think Nintendo were basically just stepping up what they'd done, right? Yeah. The 3D, I think... Was a bit of a bust. 
It was a bust, but it was very much of that time, right? Mm -hmm. It came out in 2011, which means they probably finished building the tech in, you know, 2009, 2010, or setting the specs, Mm -hmm. which was in, like, that's when Avatar came out. Like, that's in the midst of the absolute height of the fever for, mm-hmm. you know, for 3D. So, they were on it, but it was a bad bet. You sort of go, like, what would this console have been if it didn't need to have the power to process, uh, you know, X resolution by X frames per second per eye? Yeah. You know, if you could have halved that? Yeah. I think it was a dual core, actually. I was just looking I'm at the specs sure, of yeah, it. yeah, it was an arm something. And, um, yeah, and so the thing was, when the Wii U was announced in... God, you remember this shit in so 2012. well. 268 megahertz dual core arm 11. Yeah. You... Oh, man. Why do I even uh, need wiki? I'll just use your... I enjoy... Brain. I enjoy reading these things for some reason. Yeah, and just somehow retaining this shit. Like... I think it, it blows my mind when I go back at, like, generations after and look at tech and think like how did it do that like now when i look at nes i'm like look at the previous home consoles before that like or look at super mario brothers and then look at super mario brothers 3 like that's Mm. nowadays you know that's like going from a playstation one game to god of war yeah inside the same generation visually it's just such Mm. a massive leap and um and I just like looking at old tech. I think that's probably why I remember that stuff. Oh, but, that's fine. Remember, you're helping. Going back to 2012, when they were talking about the Wii U and the Wii U was announced, and I think it came out, they it seemed quite clear to me when they had this tablet thing. You know, I looked at it and I went, they are, they're narrowing this, this divide. Mm-hmm. Now, to this day, and since the creation of the Game Boy, I'm pretty sure that the majority of the income that they have has come from handhelds uh, with boosts here and there. Like, the obviously, the Super Nintendo was a massive... I think for that generation, that was the majority of their income. But throughout the DS and 3DS period, aside from the Wii sort of monstrous success of the Wii in terms of install base, everyone mm-hmm. had one, no one played it, was the issue, that they've always made so much money out of portable. Mm-hmm. So much money. And so when you see them doing this tablet thing and the dual screens and all this kind of stuff, like I just sort of looked at it. And I remember in 2013, I was talking to someone at work and I just went, you know what? Like by the time they get around to their console after this, they're going to have enough power to make their home market and their portable market the same thing. I remember having that conversation with you. I imagined it being very different. I imagined it being exactly like almost the same as the 3DS mm-hmm. and you would put it in a dock that then like provides it with much more GPU power. And then when you take it out, like it- Damn, that's similar. It's similar, but I still thought it would be clamshell. I did not expect it to be yeah. um, just one flat tablet. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't expect that at all, but that's Nintendo, right? Yeah. Because I was thinking, what have they done before? And generally speaking, that's not how they behave. I mean, that's how you end up with disasters like the Wii U is by thinking outside the box. Yeah. You you fail sometimes. Yeah, that's true. And you, well, that's I mean, I like about them. let's talk about the, the Vita for a second, because the next logical step after the, the DS is, in fact, the Vita, which was a flop. Like, it's not, it's a powerful, well-built it's amazing. A, it, it's an awesome machine. I loved it. I'm so disappointed that they didn't. I I'm got shocked I don't own one. Yeah, well. It took an immense amount of uh, discipline. Well, I can sell you one if you want. 
20 bucks. 20, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. you, get like $20 a, more. you get for like 100 bucks on eBay. It's, yeah, it's true. That, but it's not even so disappointing. Because you, you obviously you've held one. You, you know how they work. They, they're such a good machine. They just, just gave up on it. They just flat out gave up on it. Yeah, I, Sony's a weird company because more broadly speaking, like because they're a consumer electronics company, which is the primary difference here, right? Yeah, they can always make TVs to make their money. They have an obsession with being in every market. So mm-hmm. one thing I found really weird was like when GoPros took off, right? Sony came out the gate with um, yeah, an expensive yeah. with less specs action camera, right? So it was GoPro, Contour, and then Sony came in. I was like, why the hell are they doing this? And I remember someone saying to me at the time, like someone, you know, working in tech journalism, they went, because Sony just has to exist in every market. Mm-hmm. Like they, if they can take it over, then they will make the attempt. But it's why they bail on so many things as well. Yeah. There's like, there's a flip side to it. And uh, it's how they got into the console, the gaming gaming business in the first place anyway it's like you know that deal with nintendo that went back yeah. and nintendo screwed them over and everyone got angry and final fantasy went with playstation and all this kind of stuff so i think that it's quite interesting like they just went yeah well you don't like us huh nintendo well we're gonna compete that's what we're gonna do we're gonna compete and if we don't do well then we'll just like write it off yeah that's right and we'll when just you're keep the- making missile launches and the, everything will be fine. Is it is it Sony? No, it's not. Is it no, Toshiba or something? There's like uh, one of those companies that yeah. like that like yeah, we also make Apache helicopters. The, yeah, the, I think there was like a rumor at some point that like Saddam Hussein was buying PlayStation Twos on mass to use the CPUs in missiles or some nonsense. And the hilarious uh, um, fact that like what is it? Curiosity rover has the power of an iPhone four S or something like that. that. Oh yeah, like that's its. And that's what this is all about, right? It's just miniaturization of stuff. And that's sort of how it all comes together. Now, the reason why Switch sort of, for me, is so heavily related to the 3DS is not a technological thing. It's in terms of what we were talking about, like, much earlier, is the relationship between us and video games through the lens of, like, the Switch or something like that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but we shouldn't jump ahead because that, for me, that's the, the plateau of what we're about Ah, oh, okay, I see, I see, I see. Vita is the, the failing of... Let's talk about how that console failed. Other than the fact that Sony just gave zero shits about, about that console. Just developers. I think it's more than that. I think that just... Firstly, it has no balls. That machine is, like... It's a well-built PlayStation portable. And it's like, what are you doing new and different? Oh, we have a little touchscreen and stuff, which is useless. Tell me what you're doing better or different. Oh, you can connect your PlayStation 3 to it, like you can stream it to it really poorly. Tell me, like, it did nothing that really took anything by the... And if you're going to do that, if you're going to go with uh, making a new console and say, okay, listen, we're just going to make a PlayStation portable and we're just going to make it the PlayStation 3 version of it, then own that and smash it out of the park. Make compatibility between those two machines seamless. You know, like, and this is another thing I have a gripe when it comes to Sony in general. Like, I understand that some machines struggle with this concept. I understand that it's, like, it's complicated. But stop making games and then re-releasing them and getting people to buy them all over again. You can do that to a hey, certain you don't degree. like the remaster thing that's happening? The remaster uh, generation? I don't like what's happening to my wallet <laughs> with that remastering generation. I bought Last of Us twice. I enjoyed both, <laughs> both times, but God damn it, I'm like... That's your fault. No, it is my fault, but it's, like, I, but, well, look, what options do I have? I'm going to just like keep an old dying machine so that I can play <laughs> one video game? Yes. 
Oh, I, I, I maintain this. If you buy a PlayStation 4, Sony does not confiscate your PlayStation 3. It doesn't, but eventually it makes it redundant. Eventually, it does. you're going to have to do it. The, look, I, the reason why I've ever bought remasters is mostly doing nostalgia stuff. But in terms of like the... Yes. In terms of the... um. Or I never played it and I wanted to play it. And Oh, that's the best case scenario. So that's, I, I think that's why they should be made. It shouldn't be made because people want to replay stuff. Yeah, but that's not, then Then give no, me no, an no. option to bump it up. Give me an option to give me a download code. Give me an option to encourage me to want to upgrade my console. To take with me some of the, the gaming Yeah, experience, but uh, and then, then, then you're talking about it having to like technologically support the previous generation right? no yeah of course i am and i know that it's complicated i know that the playstation 3 was a complete shit fight when it comes to processing that's I a under- generation that should just be it- fucked right off technologically they should just stick yeah but i'm gonna see what happens with playstation 5 what's my bet that it's gonna be the same shit i don't think so i i think it better not be because then they're like, just computers now they're just th- little computers and now there's no excuse no. The last excuse was, oh, we're going to do this. The, and- the only reason for them to not do it is going to be money. Like, yes. Because there will be, unless they do something crazy, there'll be no technological reason. We're yeah, getting a little bit off of hand. No, we are, because, but we are talking about the failings of the Vita. It, so- it had the potential. If I was able to get a download code or something to link me to wanted to take my PlayStation 3 on the go, then I would have. I would be still playing the Vita. Yeah, just the it- tech wasn't there yet. And first of all, second of all, so for example, right, think about the types of games that looked amazing on the Vita. Were they all set in quite confined spaces? Of course. Right? So you're suddenly looking at like, okay, that wipes out the beginning of the whole like open world obsession out. You can't have any sort of the big major kind of titles that you had in the PlayStation 3 generation. And it just wasn't technologically possible to them across but they also didn't have like name me a system seller on that thing what do you mean by do you mean like one game that, that yeah maybe want to buy this no you're right it's Sin- not- like as soon as you have pokemon on a nintendo system pew, <laughs> up go the sales yeah well i mean that was a bit of a problem with um playstation and the xbox compared to nintendo is they didn't have very many first titles, party first party titles i mean they definitely do now but like oh yeah the, X- the yeah. xbox had halo i mean people bought xboxes for halo now let me just cut you off here and say just just as a comparison so there's a quad core sitting inside of the the vita 512 megabytes of ram 120 megabyte 28 megabytes of video ram the PlayStation 3, it's uh, obviously a completely off the chain, what the hell happened CPU, but supposedly runs at a 3.2 gigahertz, um, which, funny enough, I would love to see the comparison between that and Xbox, same generation. Different. You actually can't. The thing is that the actual underlying architecture is so incredibly different that there isn't a comparison. Yeah. So, But half the RAM, half the video RAM. I'm once again. I I'm very aware of the fact that there is because of that CPU problem. But again, in order to re-engineer like, the games to make them work for it. But uh, I just streaming rates and fill rates and all like the thing it is just like killed it though. It just totally destroyed the machine. There was no reason to pick it up. It just comes down to games. Yeah. If you met that's that's the only reason why Nintendo has always had an you know for the last thirty years has had to handheld market is that they have games that work on and the they show. charge full price for until the end of the console's life are they good games 
No, yeah, they're great games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are you, yeah. Like, that's the cost of like. I played too many Zelda's. Playing Nintendo, I I think that the Vita was just the Vita in every single respect felt like them going. Okay, fine. <laughs> We'll make another one. Yeah. From the get-go, it felt that way. Like, yeah. I was so amped. I was definitely getting a Vita. And then uh, the 3DS came to market first. And I went, you know what? I've never gotten into Nintendo. Not really. Played 64, but it was like GoldenEye and stuff. I didn't play more than an hour of all the Nintendo games, aside from Mario Kart. Played that for a million years. But I didn't play Zelda. I'd play like the first two hours and then I'd be like, this is stupid. Mario. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, this is stupid. I can't shoot anything. <laughs> I want to drive or shoot. Yeah. That was the breadth of my interest in video games. And it's not changed. No, I'm joking. <laughs> it's obviously evolved. Continue. Yeah, it's, that's like that's how that went out for me and just this interest in how my engagement with games and my interest in games was really funneled through having this device I felt quite personally connected to. Mhm. Do you mean like with the whole it counts your steps and gives you coins. I love and that the, stuff. And like it, all of the 3DS in particular, yeah. and it connects with other people. Oh my God, can I just just I a quick sidebar? Pass. The Street Pass in Japan. Oh my God, that's why it was invented. Not in the Australian market where you get one or two hits every year. <laughs> like like it would max out by the time I got from right. one station to another. It was insane. I was obviously peak hour, but like it was still like holy wow, people use that machine there. Anyway, that's a complete sidetrack. Ah, that's, but what an amazing system! But it was great, you know. And I, funnily, I had the same number of 3ds's as I did PSPs. I had the original. I had the yeah, I had the original. I had Excel, and I, I had the, the Excel, new. but I didn't have the new one. That's only why I stopped at the new one. I stopped before the new one. Sorry, I got the new one because I didn't expect to be buying the Switch. Um, right for a long time. Should we? Is this the natural evolution? We we we're doing what PlayStation did to to the Vita by just flat out ignoring it. Just ignoring it. Yeah, we tried to talk about it for a bit. We tried to like hustle it into the conversation, and we just went fuck it. <laughs> like, it's, you know, yeah. No, no, it's nothing to be said. It, it it was ignored console, and they've just now said, "Oh, we're only going to let you download games from here on in." Fuck you! Like, there's just nothing to be said about the. Oh, do you know? I forgot the PSP Go. Do you remember that? PSP Go. Do you remember the oh my that geez. EB refused to sell or something? Yeah, that was hilarious. What a rot. That was uh, that was quite a funny that was, device. That was a weird... I feel like I, feel like I had access to one of those. Uh, I think I was working at EB Games. I thought you had one. I might have, but I don't... Someone I knew had one. Maybe I had one for like a week and then they gave it back because I worked at the store so I could... I've definitely held one, so I don't know. Oh, yeah, I've held heaps of them. Um, Anyway, Um, this is a competition. Um, No, we can, no, I'm happy to ignore the Vita. What what is to say? Yeah, I mean, what is there to say about it? Like, it was was a borderline comparison without any balls. It lacked the games, it lacked the the support from Sony, who make the damn thing, and it just didn't have the pull enough to become great. Like, like a console which is one fifth of its power could do in a different market. They should have treated it more as a handheld... If they treated it as a handheld PS2 out the gate, uh, instead of trying to wobble that line between home console and if they'd taken the Nintendo route Mm -hmm. of going, look, we can't do this generation. Can't do it. It's just not going to happen, yeah. So let's do last generation a bit better. So that's basically all their 
stuff except for the original Game Boy. Yeah. Do you know how many freaking PlayStation 2 games there are? I would have happily played like a thousand and one HD version of PlayStation 2 games. And they ended up releasing a bunch of HD titles on there. Like oh, really? Metal, yeah, Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3. Uh, uh, on the Vita? Yeah, they're on the Vita. Oh, wow. In I HD. should probably turn it on. Um, see if it even works. There's, t- there's tons of them. Like tons of the ones that came out on PS3. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say tons. It's probably like 15, 20. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but there's a bunch of them. And uh, they they did. They had them. But by then it was like... It's a, game over. The were. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. And yeah, it just... Like who cares about it? It was just such an amazingly beautiful piece of technology. Mm. Especially the original one with the OLED display and all that mm. stuff. So... Could you imagine gorgeous. being the like person in charge of it like they say hey we're gonna give you your own console here you go and then like just like them giggling in the back room like i don't care what's gonna happen to it we don't have a fuck (laughs) how much money is this gonna cost i don't know man like probably like the first day of tickets for the next spider-man movie like (laughs) yeah Yeah, we don't give uh like yeah it's sad i mean it's because we're humans and we apply like our emotions onto inanimate objects mm-hmm. but it is it's like it's like looking at a nice car if you're if you're into tech yeah, it's my right? baby right it's yeah it's it's that like it's such an incredibly beautiful well-engineered thing with flaws as with anything mm-hmm. but it's it's sad it's sad to see like a really you know it's like sad to see a fast car locked up in a garage for its mm. whole life like yeah. the same it's the same kind of thing it's um it's sad that yeah there was just nothing to do with it um it reminds me of i can't remember the name of it but there was like this amazing plane that i think lockheed martin manufactured and it was like a gorgeous incredibly uh efficient uh and very spacious medium haul flight plane and no one bought them uh, because the Boeing 37, uh, 737 was more popular. But that's the only passenger jet that this company ever made. Yeah, right. And it's like stunning. And in every engineering capacity, it's amazing. But no one bought it. And and I think like the, the Vita very much falls into that trap. It's mm. like, who cares? No one cares. Yeah. In Japan, though, like apparently there's amazing JRPG titles and stuff on it. And if you're into JRPG or you can read Japanese. Go for it. That's awesome. I will say that that my going on to that kind of concept, what there's obviously two elements of a relationship that you have with with inanimate objects. <laughs> my relationship with Naughty Dog is marital. Oh, well, uh, I would yeah. say I have yet to divorce that console. Well, divorce that game company from that console because I drew a comic about this, and it's, and it's basically Crash Bandicoot stealing my money <laughs> when I bought a PlayStation Four because what was I really buying it for? I was buying it for Uncharted 4. That's what, and, and The Last of Us 2, when that finally comes out, because they're freaking amazing. So I, I certainly can agree with having kind of almost a relationship with your machine. You certainly have a, an unruly relationship with Nintendo at this stage. It, it was a it was a slight infatuation that turned into like deep love. Yeah, I, it, it's been weird because I just wasn't, I didn't play video games until I was like 13. I don't have this like, I was playing Super Nintendo when I was seven years. I don't have any of that background. Mm. And then, yeah, it wasn't, you know, what was I like 26 when I bought a 3DS? I bought a Wii and then I traded in for a PlayStation 3 because like, I want to play some shooting games, bro. Yeah, yeah, I love killing um, shit. So after I played Super Mario Galaxy, I played a shitload of Mario Kart. I was like, fuck this noise. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it, that's the thing is that my life as a gamer 
which then plays into other things like mental health and and all these other things as well. Mm. Like, I mean, that's a whole spectrum of conversation. It is, but in terms of like my relationship with gaming has been utterly redefined by portable Nintendo consoles. Mm -hmm. Like, that sounds crazy, Mm -hmm. but it's like absolutely true. My mind is open to completely different things Mm -hmm. because having certain types of adventures on the go that I would never sit in front of a TV for have have been open to me. Um, I like JRPGs now. I've, I've liked yeah, right. them for a, for a while. I was always interested or intrigued by the style of combat of like Final Fantasy VII and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But it wasn't until I really, you know, got into um, probably the earliest thing I got into on the 3DS was like uh, Pokemon, which, mm-hmm. isn't, which is not and someone's going, that's not like a true JRPG. Like I know that. But um, in terms of that battling versus the other person and stopping in the combat being in a place that is separate from your physical location that you're walking around in, you know, you get taken to the battle spot for a second. Yeah, yeah. And then I played Bravely Default and, like, that had me totally hooked. And since then, I've just been, you know, I never would have played the South Park games if Mm. I wasn't into that. Do you think if, um, well, I I think you already did this, but do you think if Nintendo made another handheld console or something like that and you knew that it was ballsy and that it was risky and would you just do it because you just want to stick with Nintendo? Would depend on the games. Okay. I bought my, like, it's, there's no, you know, it's not some mystery that I bought my Switch like eight weeks before Mario came out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to play Mario. I already yeah. had Zelda on my Wii U. Yeah. And in retrospect, I suppose I might slot... I was going to use the word regret, but I don't think I do. Because the, the reason I got it on the Wii U was like, I didn't want to drop the money on a Switch at that moment. But also there was this thing screaming in the back of my head going, no, this was the Wii U Zelda. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I can't get off this console without playing the Zelda that was made for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd played, you know, Wind Waker on it. I have Twilight Princess HD for Wii U as well, which I haven't, mm. I haven't played very much of, but that is it's a game I love. And when the Switch came around, yeah, it, it would co- depend on the games. But I have to say, like, in terms of moving forward, they'd be... St- why would you do anything other than Switch 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10? Like, um, I was surprised by the skepticism, by the way, when it was announced. People were mm-hmm. very sort of like, ooh, can they pull this off? And I, I just sort of looked at it and went, what are you talking about? It's going to have Nintendo games on it. And then people start doing that thing of, let's compare it to the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. It's like, guys, they're not... The problem in that conversation mm-hmm. is that people are ignoring the fact or not waking up to the fact that the difference is now that Nintendo has given up on playing that head-to-head game. Mm -hmm. How do we make a Nintendo console that can play Nintendo games the way that we want them and at the same time compete with the other two? They've very clearly gone, ah, don't compete. Yeah. (laughs) Let's do this and let's turn ourselves into the absolute number one place for the indie market. They have a huge third-party problem. And they have for like, you know, 30 years. They've Mm. always been atrocious with their relationships with third party. And instead of managing with that better or turning around to like, you know, Ubisoft and going, so how can we get the latest Assassin's Creed onto, you know, how can we we get Black Flag? You know, that was on Wii U. Um, uh, How can we get, uh, or the Batman, Arkham, Arkham City or whatever. Was that on Wii U? Not Arkham City. What was the one before that? 
Arkham. No, Arkham Knight was the newest one. Arkham City, Arkham Asylum. Yeah, Arkham City. I saw. Yeah, City. I saw it as Arkham As Arkham City. I'm so sure, or Arkham Knight, Arkham Asylum, or whatever. One of the, one Asylum of the first, the first two games. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was the first game or the second game. I can't yeah. remember, but it was on. Um, it, that was on Wii U, and noticeably, game there are no games like that on Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hitting the brakes only because you're talking about really important stuff about uh, the Switch and your relationship, your kind of emotional relationship to the Switch. But I want to introduce the Switch. The Wii was fun. It was a, a good console in its own right, but obviously the Wii U came in and that was a flop, like mad. But we then now jump from the Wii U to the Switch. Mm. That's this revolutionary flip that we have. And what was it? 2017, March 3rd, according to what it says here. Um, but before that point, a really a really good... I think that kind of woke me up to actually wanting to get a Switch was getting the um, Shield tablet. Mm. That was like NVIDIA's entrance into making CPUs for for tablets, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it was about their portable GPU technology. Mm. So uh, they'd gotten into that a while ago go mm-hmm. but yeah they- well, and that was such a great step wasn't it because i think that i remember getting that tablet and being like holy wow this is like i i had a nexus whatever like the first nexus seven. tablet seven i had all i had a, a, probably a couple of tablets in the line i've seen you had a few tablets all of them worked really well but this was like a bump this kind of changed the market quite a lot and then when i found out that that the switch is also doing something similar with that similar technology, I was like, they can do it. They can make this work. Oh, yeah. I didn't think they could. I thought it would be like a Wii U plus kind of situation, but they made it work. I mean, technologically, really, it actually just is a Wii U plus. But it, again, it comes down to how you use it, how you, the marketing had so much to do with it. Oh, yeah. But, but primarily the games mm-hmm. and, and their opening to the, indie market is is a huge thing and i feel like as well they what they did is they took um they took their their ballsiness that came with this the wii and the wii u with all the motion controllers and they lowered all that priority and but made it uh like almost like accessories for this new console yeah so you've got all these same like oh i can aim with this with my controller i can punch with it i can i can do all these fancy things with it but that they're just helping me play the game they're not forcing me to use this technology they're also all optional that's thus far in pretty much every main title yeah um like i played all of mario odyssey using two of the motion controls um, and even then, like I played almost all of that handheld. Mm-hmm. Um, I played my Switch until recently. I played, I and can't. that was the other big thing. It wasn't just making these revolutionized controllers and, t- and bringing them back a notch. It was also taking this console and literally taking it everywhere. Like, yeah, I, I, I thought that would be a gimmick. I honestly thought I'm like they've got a DS. It's gonna like it's gonna be crap the moment I take it out of the dock. All this stuff. I thought it would be this massive gimmick that I would be. I would, like because I'm obviously a huge Zelda fan. Well, the only reason why I bought a Switch to begin with was the Zelda. Mm. And the moment I did, I was like, okay, I'm only ever gonna play this on TV, uh, bar maybe the reception problems of the controllers. But that's another whole thing. <laughs> um, but I slipped it out of the the dock, and I was like, this is just as fun. 
this is even like I'm I can do this anywhere. Yep. I'm sitting in bed, I'm playing it, I'm playing it on the TV, I'm going to the bathroom <laughs> and playing it. I don't think I ever actually No one needs to that, know that. that. Well, I was actually doing another I have never played with my Switch in the bathroom. I don't think I, I have either. I think I might have been exaggerating, but I know I could if I wanted to. <laughs> Hell, I could even be a jerk face and I could I could be playing a game on my PC and whilst it's loading, I could be playing the Switch. <laughs> I've done that during render times. There you go. Yeah. And it's I didn't think that, that would be a big deal until I put my hands on and I was like, oh shit. Do you know what is quite funny about it is that there's something about the ease of it's on, it's playing, I'm going. And it doesn't, it actually doesn't even matter. Like my TV's in front of my bed. I don't turn on my PlayStation 4 all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a couple of really good games on there that I haven't played through at the moment. And it's funny that if they were on my Switch, I would have. Yep. What my favorite example is um, Skyrim. Uh, yeah, this is actually what I wanted to talk to you about because... That's a weird one, right? It's it's a totally weird one because, first of all, what makes Skyrim good, in my mind, compared to the PlayStation 3 version, which is where I first played it, and the PC version, which is where I properly played it, in my opinion, um, is that I finally got the hardware bump that that game solely needed. And PlayStation 3 struggled, and it was clunky, and, and the moment it got onto PC, I it just... It took me away and I was uh, loving it. Now, taking it back to the Switch, you're you're bringing that back a notch again because you've got to yeah. kind of work in the hardware. But what you're getting is the ability to walk around with it. And it's it, it intrigues me. Obviously, I understand. I'm, I buy and rebuy games every now and again. And part of me hates that I do that. Um, but so I understand the mentality for it, but I want to know what was going through your head because you didn't just do that. That changed Skyrim for you. Yeah. I want to start with the process where you were going, because I remember we had a long discussion of you going, should I get it? Shouldn't I get it? Will it be? Yeah. You're always jumping up and down. I want to know from there up until what you've done now with, with Skyrim. Yeah, because my previous, pl- so I have like 30 hours on Steam in Skyrim. Mm-hmm. The vast majority that that I th- I think that's like twenty hours of gameplay and then ten hours of a second playthrough because my save corrupted. Oh, that happened to me once. Yeah, and um, <sighs> yeah, I just never got into it. Just I'd like sitting down at my computer and doing this whole thing, and then I tried changing it over to my uh, TV PC um, and playing it through a controller and just nothing was hooking me into this game. Can you think, can you be more specific? Can you say that like, obviously it was nothing to do with how it looked. Uh, You were able to control how it played. Uh, Was it something to do with maybe the way, like, I find that Skyrim kind of plays like these, like lots of little mini quests and a couple of big quests is kind of the way you play. Yeah, yeah. So it feels kind of in the same way that Zelda feels fun that way that I can just pick it up, do a little bit of a quest here and there, and then put it yeah. down. Is that is that the is that what you were lacking in your Skyrim experience, or did you just not know? Do you know what I think it is? Uh, I think it goes further back to again that weird changing over of relationship with how I feel about games through like having played Nintendo. So my taste changing. So when I initially played Skyrim, it, like I'd never, aside from the heal spell, I hadn't even cast a spell. Yeah. yeah. Ever. I was just like sword shield, ding, like I did the same thing with uh, whatever the previous one was, Oblivion. Yeah. And um, 
never got into it. And uh, I sort of would force myself to try and get into it. And I also was never like, I don't want to literally read a book in a game. Oh, my God. (laughs) What's this person talking about? I don't care. Just let me go and kill things. But because my taste changed, I think that's a huge factor in it. So, all of a sudden, my taste changing and then it being available at my fingertips at all times, that I think was the big, big change. The fact that I've always loved this idea ever since on 3DS with the Ocarina of Time, having this huge adventure in my bag or pocket or Mm. whatever. Like, I love that concept of something immense being on the thing. But as we are talking about before, like with the PSP and stuff, you'd have games like that, but they'd be so half-assed because the hardware wasn't up up to it. Mm. And it's like now, it's like, holy shit, it can play Skyrim. And yeah, that game came out in 2011, right? But like we were saying with the remaster issue before, like so many games get remastered these days, but I hadn't played it. Mm-hmm. right not properly i've already played more than double the number of hours i've ever played of skyrim on my switch i love it it's amazing and there's just something about it being in the palm of my hands mm-hmm. that i really enjoy and i associate with nintendo because of the ds because of all that stuff yeah primarily the 3ds mm-hmm. um because of the zeldas that i've played on that so i played through three zeldas on the 3ds and those games got me into zelda back mm-hmm. on the console so i'd only played twilight princess and then i played uh ocarina of time majora's mask and uh link between worlds and then i played uh skyward sword which i didn't finish because like to be perfectly honest like, it hurts my wrist <laughs> it generally fucks yeah, up the injury it, in my wrist. Fair. And uh, Wind Waker on mm-hmm. Wii U. And, like, that's... It was funny. Like, I would never have played those games if I hadn't got... And I never would have owned a Wii U. And I wouldn't own a Switch if I didn't own a 3DS, right? Mm-hmm. So, that that's that that's sort of the short version of that journey. But because of, like, what I got access to, uh, like, Bravely Default and Pokemon and things like that, things that changed my patience, things that opened my mind up to different types of games mm-hmm. um that tactical games as well like i didn't really realize that i was into turn-based tactics i really enjoy that too that has really opened up my mind and so then when i get to the switch it's like yeah well a big story action rpg uh like first person uh is perfect like it's all there and it loads you know way faster than a playstation no no it makes a lot of sense why you made that leap i've always been interested by it the main difference is the portability and there's something weird about portability and how it changes your engagement into you know video games in general it's weird that i mean i don't i drive everywhere because i i for work that's kind of what i have to do and so it's kind of i thought it would be lost on me that whole concept of portability i thought it was all gone but it's Certainly, I haven't quite understood what it is about that particular idea that makes me just want, I just enjoy it more. I think it changes the, you know, the, like how we were talking about the inanimate object relationship before. I think the idea that it becomes a little companion as well. Like, I smile when I see my 3DS. (laughs) Like... Because it's my little buddy that always goes in my bag. Now, not anymore, right? It's my Switch. But but it's that sort of thing of, like, it's nice to hold. It's nice to see. It's nice to know that you always have that option. And if you're a person who... It, it always feels weird when you're talking about a luxury item 
in this sort of way. But like, if you're a gamer, uh, and on top of that, if you're the type of gamer who enjoys Nintendo, that's a really neat little relationship to have. You know, the games that you play are so hand in hand with the console that you that you have. Um, you're not putting your PlayStation in your pocket or your Xbox in your pocket. That lives at your house and. Uh, you know, I, I'm on a PlayStation 4 group on Facebook and the way that they feel about their PlayStation 4, 4s on there is the way that I feel about my Switch or my 3DS. I just don't have that here. You know, my PS4 is like a Blu-ray player that has games that are cool. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, it's my Uncharted 4 machine. And, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, and it was uh, Destiny Uncharted. That's probably what I played the most on uh on my PlayStation. And I think that that is a huge part of it is the fact that it's something that is, it's an inanimate companion that then ties, I think, not in a nostalgic way, but I think it ties back into that, that idea of like, when you talk about your, your, your Nintendo 64, right? It's this lo- lovely little story of like, oh, I saved up all this money. Mm-hmm. And I did this thing. I put it in stuff. It was like, we can more sort of just go buy stuff these days, but it's still got that aspect of it, right? Like I didn't buy my Switch until like I could afford it, but I had a great week. And so I went and got it, mm-hmm. you know, as like, a, yeah, good, good on you for, 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 you know, working hard this month. And I think that as well plays into it as well. So it's like that, the special thing that you've sort of gone and bought yourself. It's uh, this nice little companion that you take around with you. And, um, the games are so specific to that thing. You cannot play them anywhere else. Mm-hmm. That's the beautiful thing about Nintendo. And it's quite interesting. I, there's a friend of mine I talk to a lot about Nintendo games because he's like, I just don't get into them. I'm not, you know, I haven't haven't ever longed to play them. And I had the discussion with him about that perception, like Nintendo always making the same game over and over kind of mm-hmm. thing. And that people go, you're just buying the same game over and over again. Uh, not that that's something he said, but we were just having the conversation about that perspective. Mm-hmm. And I said, the, the thing that you need to be open about with the Nintendo console is that the incredible part of it is how they've innovated and evolved that game mm-hmm. and how it's changed from the previous entry. You don't focus on the sameness. Yeah, right. You're getting it wrong. So if I go into, uh, you know, Donkey Kong, you know, Freeze. So from your perspective, right? Uh, you know, I'm not into those games, but like, Donkey, mm-hmm. if I could go into Donkey Kong Freeze and I play uh, that, and all I'm thinking about is, okay, how is that different to the Super Nintendo version? Well, I mean, graphically, it's superior. It flows better. It's uh, it, the way that it's engineered. The way that you you kind of work the finer details is just remarkably improved. To be honest... That, Minor changes in gameplay, things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's certainly not... I wouldn't call it a revolutionary game, but it was a much-needed re... But they don't... They, I think, don't really make revolutionary games. Like, for example, I think people would attribute that word to, like, Breath of the Wild, right? But to me, that's just not... That's no. that's That's taking the very, very original game, which was, yeah, you're in Hyrule, go adventure. Mm-hmm. That's the same game. Here you're in Hyrule, go adventure. That's saying, okay, let's take that. Let's take Ocarina of Time and uh, let's take uh, bits and pieces from all the other 3D ones and let's slam them together. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's far more beautiful and eloquent and and elegant than, than that. And it's highly machined and engineered to be a beautiful game. But like it's an evolution, right? They could in the next Zelda game, as always, they'll like... You know, 
I was reading forums recently about just stuff about Zelda Breath of the Wild. People being like, yeah, it's like the thing that's funny is that after you've put 150 hours into it, you really realize how like bad a game this is. It's like... <laughs> after you put 150 <laughs> yeah. hours? I, so, so many comments to that effect. So like, okay. I played 80 hours and then suddenly I realized that, you know, it's just really wandering around like doing random things. I dare you to watch like 80 hours of a Christopher Nolan movie and then have that same reaction. Like, once you watch it a freaking that long, you I, yeah. look at it. Like... Inevitably. Yeah, it's like, do you not realize that what you're saying is is it was a good enough game to retain your attention for, like, that many hours? Yeah, yeah. You insane person. Especially if you could complete it in, like, <laughs> 20 or 30 or probably 40 hours. Yeah, so the... Uh, I think that I think that those are all sort of things that play into why it feels... Why a portable console feels different. I do think that it's this object that you can hold in your hands. To me, that's just a very human thing is that we like having something we can hold in our hands and it works all in that package is why you have a different relationship with your laptop than you do a desktop i agree with you i think that i I didn't think of it that way but i do totally agree with you i didn't think of it as a companion um but another thing that i realized as well is that there was something missing in the way that gaming has changed dramatically is that especially when it comes to the Switch console, is that gaming used to be this thing. You're either a gamer or you're not. <laughs> yeah. Within like the last decade, it's changed. The idea that like you, you've become, everyone's become a gamer in some respects, whether it be on their phone or whether it be a hardcore, you know, PC that's been purposely built to play, you yeah, know, COD or something. Um, and so the relationship between gaming and gamers and and the way that we play them is is been changed and nintendo slots itself in right there and goes okay you know how you used to take a book with you when you were traveling you know how you used to just listen to music when you're traveling or, or jump and play bejeweled on your phone when you're traveling how about instead you'll start playing a full console how about you can pick up this console press one button it's ready to go and you can have the same amount of bite-sized fun that you would have had with all your books and all the way that you entertain yourself um but instead you can be contributing to a console experience in that same universe and i think that for me i mean that's a that's a total game that's that's understanding your your market at the moment that's the and and your platform so i think the key difference here right is that the interesting thing about nintendo is that they always maintain this maturity and understanding of their platform Mm -hmm. that they never tried to shoehorn the current home experienced into the handheld. They've never done that. And that's the really interesting thing is that like, and they're still, the thing that's funny is like, they're still not doing it. Mm. Like Breath of the Wild, it's like uh, uh, if Breath of the Wild is about half a generation behind in terms of, you know, graphics and all that kind of stuff. But they went and they picked an art style that worked. They went and picked a, you know, a game that could load on demand things that re, you know, things that wouldn't, you know, cause problems if it was. They made it playable. That's exactly it. Is that they they waited to do it right, and it cost them, you know, a couple of hundred million or a couple of billion dollars. Yeah, an entire to, console. <laughs> an entire console generation, but like they. They've they've really succeeded in 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 getting that idea of reversing it. They made the handheld game the thing you want to play on your big screen, not 
Uh, I see what you're getting at. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. Because um, technologically, it's like when you look at Mario Tennis, like Aces, right? Gosh, that was so pretty. And I played that handheld and I played it on my TV. And I was like, it's so funny that I played it handheld first. Mm -hmm. I played every single Switch game handheld first. Um, And then I've like started playing and then put it in the dock or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. But But it's that thing of that, it's it's now the reverse thing. It's like, oh, check out this Nintendo handheld I have. And yeah, that's right. You can play it on a TV. Instead of, look at this console I have. Look I like can play a... it on a train. Yeah. I think that without saying that, and actually by... Even though they have been saying the opposite, I think that that is what they've done. Mm-hmm. They've made the handheld come home as opposed to... Have the handheld, uh, have the console leave the house because they 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 haven't because if they had it would be as powerful as a PS4. Can I also say that another thing that occurred to me is what another thing that they really Nintendo's always done well is what we're currently seeing in the gaming market is that it about five maybe seven or eight years ago it was all about how good something could look. Yeah, Nintendo has always been about how well it can play. I'm talking about their their games. They've always focused on it's always gameplay, 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 gameplay. It's always gameplay. And we're now gotten to a stage where the the visual technology is it's optimal. It's, it certainly can get better, and it's going to look better. And there's VR, and there's all these other fun things. But really, um, people are starting to step backwards from that. Going, how does it play? And Nintendo's already been well, doing. How's that. the art style? Yeah, that's, that's right. That's a huge one now. Yeah, is that people, you know. Breath of the Wild doesn't look remotely realistic. No, it's not Twilight really Princess, cartoony. even though that was obviously a much older game, but it's not certainly not a Twilight Princess who went for the realistic. Yeah, kind of look, but it's like when you go back and look at it now, it's like they went for the realistic kind of textures, but none mm. of the... Everything was still quite cartoony. Yeah. But that's the... I think that's what audiences are now, you know, consumers are waking up to is like, I get it now. That's... I If I want that, I don't buy Nintendo. Well, look at that as well. Look at that... What, what, the fact that people picked up phones with much less power and then they just, like, phones took over when it came to portable gaming for a while. I mean, obviously, DS was there too. What are people doing? They're playing on a lower, like, power capacity device. Usually then, very simple mechanic game. That's right. Easy games that work well. I mean, how good was, like, uh, was it called, like, Soul Surfer, I think it was? It's just, like, you know, like a running game where you, all you have to do is switch lanes and jump over stuff. Like, it's... Uh, Temple, Temple Run. Run was the original. That's yeah. right. And, and it's... All it is is focused gameplay. And then suddenly Nintendo are like, oh, yeah, we've been doing that kind of stuff for, like, decades. We should just do that more. And, then, and so the thing that's funny is that they also, you know, they put out two titles, three titles, f- four titles on phone. And, yeah. you know... Mario Run has apparently done really well. And um, I think it's going to be so interesting to see what happens when they bring in the uh, the Pokemon audience, the Pokemon Go That's going to change it. Audience. I was talking about this before because this is... We, we've kind of really dived into what the Switch has done and what it, why we love it as a console, why is the portability such a game changer. What we should talk about right now, I think, to kind of start wrapping it down is... Um, I know, right? Wrap it down. I feel like there should be a like a a wrapping paper sound yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll throw it in. Um, is we should talk about what we think of the future. Like, what do you think? 
Uh, Trump's going to kill us all. Oh, of course. Well, before the next switch comes out, <laughs> that's for damn sure. Uh, I'm going to go first because I I don't think about this stuff as much as you do. And so you're going to have a much more intelligent answer than I am. Don't say that. That's you not... are. No, it's totally true. Um, especially because you're more into Nintendo than I am. And you have a much more better grasp of like how technology... Moves all forward. separate from intelligence. What okay, okay, all right. All right. Maybe like knowledge. more thought. Knowledge. Let's more, go with like, that. Thought about or um, something, but not... knowledge and intelligence, two separate things. Okay, so uh, my theories for the future is all right, we've got first of all, I already said this and we, we we agreed upon it today. And I think when the switch first came out, I feel like you were a little bit hesitant. Was that I believed that the switch the moment it came out killed the DS, the three DS, sorry. Uh it was gone. And yes, they're still releasing games, but I thought there's no chance in the world. I think that the Switch is just going to basically get more powerful, hopefully, because Nintendo are good people, hopefully. They will make it backwards compatible. They'll make remakes. Or like they'll, they'll, re they'll do what they're always doing. They'll make another Breath of the Wild. Um, they'll make another Mario Kart. But it will be worth it to purchase those over there. It's just the same way the DS did that. We had, you know, DS uh, Mario Kart and then there was the Mario Kart on the 3DS and stuff. I feel like they're just going to stick with that machine. They're going to tweak it. And I, I mean, I can't see where they should go from there other than it getting more powerful. The only thing I can see as a big improvement other than the fact that the controllers need more range is that they might, um, it might start becoming limiting when it comes to like the, the, the difference between the portable power and the, the, the plug-in power might change. I think that might be the big jump that will eventually happen in the next, you know, like five to 10 years, whenever the next cycle is. That's what I see. Because once you, like you were just about to say, once you bring in that Pokemon market, that's, that's it. Firstly, 3DS is gone. Secondly, what a massive market. Yeah, the Pokemon Go market is substantially larger than the Pokemon market. Oh, they go. Oh my God. I didn't even think of that. We were talking about that today. I'll, I'll, I'll let you like go into that because that was actually super interesting. And the other thing that I think is going to be a big game changer, and we've talked about this before, but it's always come off the back of you, is uh, the online gaming. Mm. You, we can see it. We see them pushing online gaming hard and they've, they've officially made it seamless. Like I don't feel... They're sucking at it so much less <laughs> oh my god they are like could you remember before it was just like could you get a connection does it even have one what just, is the internet? just adding a friend was a fucking nightmare yeah oh, they've, they've still it's a bit not of a nightmare. i think you can add through facebook now oh really well i, I hate this can. the code that you have to anyway friend codes, yeah. Yeah. but they're obviously like when we want to get together and play mario kart bing, bing. Like, yeah click that's it but minecraft oh my god yeah what fun. what an amazing experience. And because of the fact, another thing that we've talked about before is that the machine isn't revolutionary in its technology. It's it's slightly, not, I wouldn't say dated, but it's like it's a generation back, which means everything is compatible with it. So like any company that, that's running on a PC can find a way to get it to work on that technically. Uh, and I feel... Even payday too. Even Payday 2. Oh, my God. shit on it, apparently. Oh, really? No. Yeah. Yeah, they're still but good. that's the developer's fault. Honestly. Yeah, probably. Like, I couldn't believe the reviews that Doom got on Switch. No, I heard ups and downs. I, the overwhelming stuff that I read and watched and in, term, like in terms of reviews and then on top of that, like, comments that people made was like, 
yeah, but I can take Doom anywhere. So it, it, yeah. it played into that portable thing where I was like, don't play us on a TV. It looks like shit. But oh my God, I love playing Doom on the train in the arcade mode where yeah. you just have to survive as many rounds as possible and kill and all that kind of stuff. And I went, I totally see how people find that addictive. Yeah. Like that, that makes sense to me. But so in terms of their next step, yeah, I don't, they're just, they'd be insane not to just continually every like three to five years release a new Switch. Mm-hmm. and improve it uh i don't know why you'd go away from the joy cons that wouldn't make any sense to me like going hey and guess what there's new joy joy con twos and they do this thing and it's so cool but of course you can plug in your joy con one like you know what i mean just yeah, yeah. keep making things better but everything compatible yep. uh the screen resolution will go 1920 by 1080 for sure um and, you know, by the time they need to make another console, batteries will be smaller, processors will, you know, be probably uh, this, the ones that's like in the price range they can put in the Switch will probably be twice as powerful. Yep. Uh, data will be cheaper, all this kind of stuff. So I, th- I, th- I think that I don't know why they would change it. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. And yeah, when they announced the Switch, I did think that the... 3DS would have a bit more of a tail to it. Yeah. Um, that being said, though, there's quite a few titles that still they had a they even had like a Dete- P- Pikachu Detective or Detective Pikachu or stuff come out and that sold really well. I was quite surprised um, uh, by that because I thought people mo- would have moved on. Um, they released a new Pokemon last year, which was a revised version of the 2016 one, mm-hmm. and um, so I think that it is. It's still doing really strong, and I think that they'll probably continue to sell them for probably like another three years. But yeah, I think once you can, once you bring the Pokemon people around, not necessarily with the upcoming one, which is that bridging the gap between Pokemon and Pokemon Go, when you bring the next one out, once you, if they can bring the Pokemon Go people into Switch, not all of them, 10%, 5%, oh my God, 10%, could you imagine? 2%. Yeah. If they can bring 1% of them in, like, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know, like 10 million people or whatever that is. Um, but I think the number will be higher. I think that I think that people will go, you know what? I d- what is Pokemon really? And then they'll get into that and they'll get both sort of worlds. And then next year they can hook in and play the, play the next one. I, I think that this... I just can't imagine how exciting it must be to work at Nintendo for people who are into that in that industry. Mm-hmm. Like at the moment, how exciting it must be that they've wandered around in a wilderness. Realistically, like when you really, really think about it properly, since about the Super Nintendo, in terms of getting their shit straight. But from their perspective, they would say since the Wii. Uh, I disagree because, like, if no one's playing your console, then there's an issue. But um, I think after the after the Wii, they just didn't really have a good... I, I think they knew where they wanted to go and they knew that it, the time wasn't ready yet, so they had to do something in between. So they came up with the, with the Wii U and then they just went, okay, let's take it all and put it in one place. And I just don't know why they would separate those markets again. Yeah. Don't know why that just, it just doesn't make any sense. There'll just be a better dock. There'll be a better this, there'll be a better that, but 
like, and imagine if they can keep it the same size and the same like bezel form factor, mm-hmm. they won't even need to like change the factory <laughs> to like make the body and all that. Yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. you know, they'll make cooling better and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I just, I think in some respects, the future for them is quite boring from that aspect that mm-hmm. there'll be no drastic <gasps> change. The main thing we'll be telling is that if they do what they've always done with their handhelds, which is let's revise as opposed to let's have the sequel mm-hmm. so or the follow-up. So like, you know, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game, no, Game Boy, Game Boy Pocket, Game Boy Color, um, Game Boy Advance SP, DS, DS Lite, uh, DSi, I see what here. Uh, 3DS, 3DS XL, new 3DS, mm-hmm. um, 2DS, uh, they're going to migrate us XL. into the Switch 5 or whatever. Like, Well, my question is more like, are they going to do a Switch point f- like 1.5? That will be the interesting thing. So yep. in 2019, will they have, you know, a Switch with more CPU power? That will be the point at which we understand what they're doing with this mm. generation um, because I don't, n- none of us know yet. We just know Switch is here and God, I hope it's here to stay. Um, it is... I, I just love it so much. I'm, I'm it, it makes me so happy in all I ever think about when I'm playing a game on it, mm. uh, particularly Nintendo games, right? Is I'm just sitting there going like like a like like a little kid really, just going like, Yeah, but when's the next one? Like <laughs> when's okay, cool. Mario Ace, like Mario Tennis, great, go, 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 great. Yeah, but when's Pokemon out? Uh and, and when's Metroid out? And when's the next Pokemon out? And 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 you know, when's uh like you know for you like donkey kong when's that out so i think uh that's the thing is like i'm just sort of sitting there going like this is amazing give me more and uh i'm just not tired of it and i cannot see myself getting tired of it i might have that same relationship i had with my three with my 3ds where like my first 3ds i stopped and my second 3ds there was like a period for each of those models where i stopped playing them for like a year each Mm mm-hmm um, and then I went back to them. I played hardcore. And before I bought my Switch, I think I told you this ages ago, like I, I, I sort of estimated in my head how many hours per game I'd played on those. And then I went back through my activity monitor. It's vastly higher than I thought. I averaged 40 hours per game um, mm-hmm. with some huge outliers, like 100 and something hours on my, my first Pokemon, Pokemon X. Um, yeah, that's right. See, I am a noob. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, I just didn't realize how much I enjoy portable gaming. And then when I thought back about PSP and stuff like that, it really made sense to me. And so now it's, yeah. I think I think because I have that relationship if I play it so much handheld and then I put it in my TV, I, I, I really do think that they've taken handheld home as opposed to... And that's what they're hoping to do for the future. That's I, the, 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 I, be the course. I really hope so. Yeah. And the other thing I do like about it as well, by the way, is... It's really felt like they've been finding their feet. Like when it came out, you know, the online was bare bones, the store was rub- rubbish, the mm. all this like, and they still haven't launched their online thing, right? It's coming later this year. It's a year late. <laughs> um, it will be by the time it comes out. The thing that's funny is that instead of me being annoyed by that, I'm kind of like, it's so interesting because when I go in the store and I see like a new edition, they updated the store this week, right? Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's like to make it easier to for you to find. Um, uh, oh, I can't remember. There was like basically through categories or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Just to make it easier for you to find 
Discover. It's called Discover. So it's like, hey, you haven't looked at this one before. Why don't you? Oh, uh, yes. Like look at YouTube that. does doing it. Everything does that now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like, people had complained about that. The previous one was, I want to find demos easier. And so they had filtered search added, which was another complaint, which was like, hey, I, I want to search just for action titles, please. Yeah. That, that wasn't in the store when it came out. Like, they made all these dumb oversights. Uh, and. Splatoon is the same when you play that. It's like the amount that that game gets patched and supported. It's like, I don't even know where the money's coming from for them to do this. Like they have one DLC package and it's like, I'm not going to buy it because it doesn't sound that great. It's like a little single player thing. But new content is coming out for all the time. I think Nintendo has just has found their place again. And it's mm-hmm. and when you look back at their history, I just don't feel that's a place they've been for a long time. And, and that's played a lot, like I said, into my relationship with with gaming is that as they've come back into their own over a period of about, you know, seven, eight years, Mm. um, more than a decade, really. It's been interesting that they've played a huge part while they've been doing that. They've played a huge part in my interest in games broadening beyond first person shooters and real time strategies. Um, so this, um, podcast has been brought to you by Nintendo switch (laughs) sponsored if you, know, you if play you, that clip from Rick and Morty where it's like Nintendo 3DS. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> if you go to uh, nintendo.com.au and uh, slash uh, Piot and Josh or Not Chili Podcast, you can get a Nintendo Switch for <laughs> $12. $12 off. <laughs> no, obviously, you can't do that. Because no. No one's going to sponsor this podcast. And that's why this podcast is called That Is a Lie. Hey, no, we're not calling it that. I don't. I don't want to. You can call it whatever you want. It's your show, bro. <laughs> bro, bro. Oh god. Um. Me. But yeah. Anyway. So I suppose that's a. It's a beautiful little thing. It is. I can tell that your your love for it has really blossomed again. Like you were saying before, it's kind of uh, Nintendo happened to be. You happen to join on the wave of the way Nintendo has been functioning, and. 100%. And, and you're literally unplugging your 3DS. I recharged it last night. Ooh. How is this? Oh, that's mercenary. So, oh wait, I'll pl- I'll play and in- there you. Go. No, don't do that. Can't do that. Can't use that material because we're gonna. <laughs> I don't know if they will like listen to this. But... No, that's uh, editor. It's important. I need to play that sound so yeah. that people understood. Thank you so much. I don't know. I just. Make, brings me joy just charging it and opening it up. Mm, I, I you know what? little thing. Not certainly not to that extent, but I certainly like. I feel that to a certain degree, and I, I do love. I brought my Switch. I know that we were going to talk about it, but I'm like, oh yeah, I'll just bring it with me just in case we want to play some Mario Kart. It's always in my bag, which we have no time for. Nope. Um, but uh, it's like ah, it is a bit of my little buddy, and I'm happy to have it alone. Um, but we will let's let's close this yeah, up. Yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Um, obviously, we are both really big Switch fanboys, and, and it's not exactly uh, sorry fair to the other. No, that's right. It's not. It's actually. It's not totally fair to the rest of the machines and consoles out there. But um, we didn't sledge them, except for the Vita, <laughs> which we totally sledged. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, because they sledged us. Um, well, me <laughs> because I'm I'm the only one that owns one of those in Australia. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so it's obviously we love the Switch and we're not suggesting that like anyone should buy the Switch, but it is just obviously changed the way gaming for us and how we like how we actually experience gaming. And I think that's why I wanted to do this podcast about it, because I think that's really important. I feel like it's going to be interesting to see what the because 
what the market will do, what I think PlayStation will probably do, what I think Xbox will probably do, it will be really interesting in the next five years because what are they going to try to go with the Nintendo? Are they going to start trying to follow Nintendo and try to match and beat them? Or are they going to just try to hold their own in this like never-ending battle of how good does this look and how much power does Sony it have? Mind, Xbox won't. I think Microsoft has some very, very, very interesting things to offer in the next generation. But it certainly won't be portable gaming. Uh, I don't think so. I think that they don't. I don't think they have any interest in. They've never shown it. In that, um, the closest they would have come is Windows phones, and I, I think that they just. I think they should be smart about it. I think they should leave like. Leave it alone. Leave leave it. Why 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 attempt to do worse something that someone else is already excelling at? Yeah. And if Sony try to go out there and do it again, which they very well might. Um, I think they'd be nuts. Yeah. And uh, if they do try to do it, it's like, no, those guys very clearly through their marketing, they're playing the Teraflops game. Mm. They're playing that. I have the fastest, most badass, most HDest, most 4Kest <laughs> console on the market. Like that's the game they're playing. And that's that's where they should go because Nintendo's figured out, oh, we can't, we not just, they absolutely can compete in that game, by the way. They don't want to. That's not where they want to be. They mm. don't want to be going head to head against those guys. Um, uh, they, they're just wasting their time with it because you can't do what they want to do mm-hmm. and have games in that market. And this is why people think incorrectly. I think about these things. They think about it as, you know, it's a three console war. war. Yeah. When it's a two home console war and Nintendo. Nintendo are consistently at war with uh third party with makers. third party <laughs> with themselves and uh it, like nintendo's yeah nintendo look nintendo's just not at war if no. they're at war with anything it's with trends of the day mm. like tablets and and phones and stuff like that and that very clearly has uh has fallen away i think you know tablet the tablet market has just absolutely had the bottom fall out of it uh, and people have gone back to their phones the screens have gotten bigger laptop sales are massively up um you know people are going oh you know what i don't want a device that does everything now i want uh my phone does that for when i'm on the go it's my everything and then uh, when i'm doing everything else i want a specific device for that thing that yeah. seems to be the way the market is at the moment and uh, nintendo have found their their place in there and I, I, I wish them luck because they do really beautiful things, and and because we bought the consoles. <laughs> because I just, you know, I just, I just like, I, lo- I also just love the idea of like younger generations, like my friend, uh, my friend's kids, uh, Dave, his kids, like, oh my god, his daughter is like an is a Mario nut, and it makes him so happy because, you know, he's not a pushy sort of play this, do that kind of, you know, he's kind of like, oh, here's Mario. And she just went nuts for it, right? Mm. And she's, they've been loving the Switch. And and I just love this idea of like these kids are playing these amazing games that when you're an adult, you can get this whole extra level out of. It's like Mario is kind of like the Pixar, you know, yep. of, of, of the gaming world. And you sort of, you sort of get like all these extra layers out of it, but it's really nice that kids uh, playing that and not, you know, I don't know, Grand Theft Auto or something. Like, it's 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 mm. nice that it's out there. It is proof that you don't need to shoot someone in the face to have a good time playing video games. And I didn't, I wouldn't know that without Nintendo. That's true. So there you go. All right. I think we should uh, close up the shop, I think. Thank you very much for our long and arduously going to be edited chit-chat about <laughs> consoles. I'm, I'm going to love this. Very welcome. Let's talk about something 
totally random another time. Yeah, like it'll be like gl glasses of water. I'm not looking at things around the room. We should do. We should. <laughs> we should have a chat at some point. Like obviously, after you've spoken to other people as well. But like, um, uh, we should do something. Like uh, you'll hate this idea, but like we should go to like the bush or something and and just like sit and have a picnic and like have a chat about. <laughs> <laughs> about something you know it's kind of like going out on adventures and stuff well i was There's talking about Matt, man you should do one with matt like that the hiking slash yeah do, like but that. do it like out on a hike oh my god did try carrying my sound kit well. that's none of these are my problems <laughs> don't, don't, <laughs> just take my idea i will i'll do it anyway fuck it <laughs> um well thank you very much for being on the podcast again uh and yeah hopefully we'll be hearing each other's voices soon I, i'll be hearing is like you'll hit a Stop, I'll still hear your voice. True, no, no, we go mute the moment <laughs> I hit stop. <laughs> we, we, this is the only time we talk. Yeah, that's right. From here on in, it's, it's all over. Bye. Bye. <laughs>